0: November 5th. Now, as we turn our attention to the New Testament, our reading today will take place in the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. With this chapter, the writer begins to explain the better priesthood of Christ, and he begins with the better order, the order of Melchizedek. Jesus Christ is both king and priest, and his throne is a throne of grace. As king, he can control circumstances around you. As priest, he can change attitudes within you. You'll experience righteousness and peace as you yield to him. A perfect salvation should lead to a life of growing maturity. An earthly priesthood can make nothing perfect. Nor can the law of God or the sacrifices. But Jesus can lead you into spiritual maturity as you walk by faith. He invites you to come to his throne, and he understands you better than you understand yourself. Now, with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. November 5th, Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. This Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem, and also a priest of God Most High. When Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against many kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. Then Abraham took a tenth of all he had won in the battle and gave it to Melchizedek. His name means King of Justice. He is also King of Peace, because Salem means peace. There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors. No beginning or end to his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the Son of God. Consider then how great this Melchizedek was. Even Abraham, the great patriarch of Israel, recognized how great Melchizedek was by giving him a tenth of what he had taken in battle. Now the priests, who are descendants of Levi, are commanded in the law of Moses to collect a tithe from all the people even though they are their own relatives. But Melchizedek, who was not even related to Levi, collected a tenth from Abraham, and Melchizedek placed a blessing upon Abraham, the one who had already received the promises of God. And without question, the person who has the power to bless is always greater than the person who is blessed. In the case of Jewish priests, tithes are paid to men who will die but Melchizedek is greater than they are, because we are told that he lives on. In addition, we might even say that Levi's descendants, the ones who collect the tithe, paid a tithe to Melchizedek through their ancestor Abraham. For although Levi wasn't born yet, the seed from which he came was in Abraham's loins when Melchizedek collected the tithe from him. And finally, if the priesthood of Levi could have achieved God's purposes, and it was that priesthood on which the law was based, why did God need to send a different priest from the line of Melchizedek instead of from the line of Levi and Aaron? And when the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed to permit it. For the one we are talking about belongs to a different tribe, whose members do not serve at the altar. What I mean is, our Lord came from the tribe of Judah. And Moses never mentioned Judah in connection with the priesthood. The change in God's law is even more evident from the fact that a different priest, who is like Melchizedek, has now come. He became a priest, not by meeting the old requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. And the psalmist pointed this out when he said of Christ, "'You are a priest forever.' In the line of Melchizedek. Psalm 105, verses 37 through 45. Well, the previous psalm extols the Creator, while this one exalts the Redeemer and His providential care for His people. His people, of course, Israel. We'll read about His deeds in this psalm. When you read the history of Israel... You are encouraged by God's mighty and marvelous deeds. He did wonderful and awesome things, and they were wrought for his needy people. You want to praise him, rejoice in him, and seek him, and tell others about him. We will read about his covenant. God bound himself by an oath to only one nation, Israel. And we will read about his servants. God sent Joseph to Egypt to preserve Jacob's family so they could become a nation. God had a plan and a purpose in all of that, It's not just a nice Bible story. God was saving His people. He sent Moses to Egypt to deliver His people. He sent Aaron to assist Moses and serve as high priest for a sinful people. God always has a man or woman ready to send when a job must be done. He waits to hear you say, Here am I, Lord, send me. Psalm 105, verses 37 through 45. But he, the Lord, brought his people safely out of Egypt, loaded with silver and gold. There were no sick or feeble people among them. Egypt was glad when they were gone, for the dread of them was great. The Lord spread out a cloud above them as a covering, and gave them a great fire to light the darkness. They asked for meat, and he sent them quail. He gave them manna, bread from heaven. He opened a rock, and water gushed out, to form a river through the dry and barren land. For he remembered his sacred promise to Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out of Egypt with joy, his chosen ones with rejoicing. He gave his people the lands of pagan nations, and they harvested crops that others had planted. All this happened so they would follow his principles and obey his laws. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 27, verse 3. A stone is heavy, and sand is weighty, but the resentment caused by a fool is heavier than both.